Hi, Pastor Greg here. I'm the pastor of the Jordan Assembly of God Church in Jordan, Montana. I'm very excited to introduce a brand new series, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Thank you so very much for being a part of this podcast and listening to this. I hope that you enjoy this series. So without further introduction, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. So we are on uh, part three of Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. The fulfiller of prophecy. And I'm going to open up this morning in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And without controversy, which I find hilarious, okay? And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for today. Thank you for this time. I pray, Lord God, that we may have a wonderful time today going through your word, Lord God, and be with those who do not feel well. And I pray that you may just touch and that you may heal. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So if you were to want to follow this series and or to follow it on either podcast or video, you can go to agjordanmt.com. All right. So Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, part three, the fulfiller of prophecy. Okay. So this is coming under the, the deal of we're following after the word. Okay. And if we're following after the word, we should all be able to give a reason for the hope that is within us. And there are a lot of hardcore questions from a lot of people. And being able to say, well, these are the logical reasons is one thing. And this kind of gives you that ability to be able to do that. But we all know that the foundation is not found there. The foundation is found in belief. Okay, everybody likes to think that we live a life on like logic and reasoning. Unfortunately, no. Because life and reasoning is great. But who do you believe about the life and reasoning? Because there's so many different, you find one person, you're like, man, I really agree with that. And then you hear about another person, you're like, well, I agree with that. And I agree with that. And then you find all these different things that are being slated and being stated. And so what facts do you follow? And some people, it doesn't matter even about the logic or the reasoning. Which kind of comes into the summary of this is that the very first thing that we established in this study was the reality. Belief trumps facts all the time. Because a person will say, 
well, I have all these reasons to believe what I'm believing. And if you come in and says, well, these are all the reasons why those are wrong, nine times out of ten, that person, unless they're willing to listen, unless they're willing to look at it in a different way, unless they're willing to change, it doesn't matter the facts that you present that literally prove happens all the time. So thus, belief is way more important. Now, can we try and do everything we can to know what the truth is? Yeah, that's the encouragement. But here's the thing. Jesus came out and said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. The question then comes, do you believe what Jesus says? Now, in this study, you're going to find, you're going to find as we go through, you're going to find the prophecies that were, were depicted thousands of years before Jesus was born. You're going to find um, you know, the, the things of the reasons why the Gospels were written the way they were written. But the question always comes, do you want to believe in Jesus? Remember, without controversy, <laughs> which, once again, I find completely hilarious. Without controversy, the statement in Timothy about what is solid and true still rings out. So our first deal was reality. Our second deal was why, where, what, and how. And I'm not going to go into the details of every single one of those, but I'm going to say this, that the why do we need a Messiah is because God wants a relationship with you. Where did this whole thought process come from? Well, we know it because it came from prophecy. So the next question is, what is prophecy? And that's a divine revealing of either past or future. And the reason why we say divine is because only God can know the full past and the future. So if anybody is writing about the full past and the future, like Moses did, then it has to be inspired by God. Okay? And how, meaning how do we have a relationship with God? Accepting and following after Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, is the how. And then our last week that we did, we went through the very first portion of prophecy that Jesus fulfilled. And that prophecy was Moses saying that God is everlasting. And then in Micah, the Messiah is prophesied to, prophesied to be everlasting, proving that the Messiah needed to be the Son of God, or needed to be God. Needs to be, and he is depicted later on as being the Son of God. But Micah prophesied that the Messiah was of old and everlasting, thus not looking for a person or even one sent by God, but God. Okay? So in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay? John addresses this question of who Jesus is. That he wasn't just a person. He wasn't just some great teacher. He wasn't just some nice prophet out there that was doing anything. He was the Son of God. Came down to this earth. So the prophetic prerequisite of the Messiah was answered by John in saying that Messiah is everlasting. And John called him the Word, and then the Word became flesh. And we'll be getting into that a little bit more. 
So John doesn't stop there. He continues to answer other Old Testament prophecies. And just to clarify a little bit, John's not a theologian. Picture a person that is just a regular, normal farmer, rancher, um, fisherman, or whatever, coming to you and saying, this is God, and this is who he is, and this is what he's doing, and this is the reasons why he's doing what he's doing. Oh, and by the way, he was in the beginning. Where did you get your college degree? Where did you get your certification? Where did you get your learning? By the very Spirit of God. Because I'm going to have you know that a prophecy can only be done by God. It can only be revealed by God, too. Okay? There's so many people out there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interpret prophecy. I'm sorry, you can't inter interpret prophecy at all. You know nothing about interpreting prophecy. Because God is the only one that can interpret prophecy. He's the one that gives it, and he's the one that reveals it. Understand who we are learning from. So God is the one that inspires. Right? Okay. So, one of the prophecy pro prophecies that we have is the Messiah will purify. And we're going to go to Malachi 3.3. So, if you're in the New Testament, uh, you just, just have just a little bit over. So, literally, if you're in Matthew, you just turn to the left. That's literally what you're you're doing. Malachi 3.3. And it says this about Jesus. He will sit as a refiner, or the Messiah, and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Okay? So that's number one. The second one, the everlasting Messiah, in turn, will also, will basically produce, will have, you know, more follow after him. And in Psalms 72, 17, we will find this prophecy there. Psalm 72. As many verses that are up there, I'm not really planning on taking a whole lot of time. So, at least that's my plan. So we'll see if what I'm shooting for is actually going to be come to fruition. His name, and this is Psalm 72, verse 17, his name shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the sun, once again, confirming an everlasting Messiah, not just a person. His name shall continue as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him, all nations shall call him blessed. This, by the way, also says and confirms that the Messiah is going to accomplish what was promised in Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, or Abram, 
at this point. Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Okay, so we have a confirmation. We have a link now between Genesis chapter 12, the promise, to the Messiah that is, that is promised in Psalms. Okay, just a few more. We also know that the Messiah will be rejected, and that is found in Zechariah. And in Zechariah 12.10, And I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. And then, further confirmation in Isaiah 9, 1 through 7. The Messiah will be the Son of God. Isaiah 9, 1 through 7. Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed, as when at first he lightly esteemed. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali and afterward more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulders, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel fire. For unto us, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. The Messiah will be the Son of God. The statements or beliefs that some people feel like the Messiah is supposed to be a person who's going to come in in one area, or the fact that the salvation is the fact that when, um, like a, a like when the Jewish nation became their own nation, which is a belief, by the way, that that is actually when that salvation actually happened at that point in time. There's way more than what the prophets are actually prophesying towards. So. Understanding this, God inspires John. And I say God inspires because, remember, God is the only one that can reveal this kind of mystery. And in John, 
chapter 1, looking at verses 6 through 18. He says this, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Remember what we had just read in the Old Testament. There's a light that shines. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He was rejected. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received the grace, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Light purifies. We have the blessing to be called the children of God. He was not received, but yet he was pierced. And he is the Son of God. John answered all these questions. Once again, not a theologian, not a person who was poring over the Old Testament day in and day out. He was not the kind of person that was actually doing all this, but a person who was inspired by God through the Holy Spirit to reveal a mystery. To reveal a mystery for us to actually follow after. Okay, so if you want to link the paths, if you want to do all these things and add it all up to find out exactly why is the hope that is within us? You can do that. This is the promise that says, I am saved through Jesus Christ. I am saved. It is not blind faith. Please, if you ever catch yourself ever like going into blind faith comes by hearing and hearing that of the word of God. That is scripture. We need to be listening, we need to be reading, and we need to be hearing. We need to be willing to give the answer for the hope that is within us. We need to have that willingness to dig in and go in and really see what is going on. And then back in 1 Timothy, I'm going to end in 1 Timothy once again. I opened with 1 Timothy and I'm going to end in 1 Timothy. First Timothy three fourteen through sixteen. These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly, but if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. Wow, we just read that. 
justified in the Spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. May this be the definition of Christianity. How do you want to define G how do you want to find Christianity? Please let it not be pointing at some laws and rules and books and everything else like that. May it be the following after Jesus the Christ, that this is the godliness. This is how do I conduct myself right here? I'm concentrating on God. How do I treat my fellow brother and sister? I'm concentrating on God. But what if they treat me a certain way? Yeah, you know what? I'm concentrating on God. And turns out, if I am learning how to love by God's love, then I learn how to love one another. May that be what Christianity is founded upon. That we may move in that realm so that we are not focusing on one another, but that we are focusing on the one that saves, the one that is there. He is the true Messiah. And we're going to be going through, there's, like I said, there's like 360 some prophecies. There's some places that will say 365. But I will have to say that I am finding myself doing more and more study on certain viewpoints because every once in a while some person has, a, I know, I do have a little bit of controversy on something. So. But the one thing I do not have a controversy on is the fact that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. And so that is what we need to found that upon. So if we take this and we start building a foundation of saying, why do I believe what I believe? Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing that of the word of God. The word of God is something that can be shared. The word of God is something that can be witnessed to. The word of God is something that's tangible. It's not just blind faith. But it's something that you can chew on, that you can know to be true, and you can share. It is the word of God. So we're just going to continue on. But the, that was the that was the prophecies that we have done. If you are writing notes or taking notes, like I know there's some of you who do. We have what was answered in the prophecy the prophecies that the Messiah will purify. The everlasting Messiah in turn will produce a following. The Messiah fulfills God's promise to Abraham. The Messiah will be rejected. The Messiah will be the Son of God. So. And I hope that, it, and if you want all any of these verses, if you want... If you want me to email them to you, or if you want me to make a copy of my notes, I encourage you to do so, even though I lost those. But I encourage you to do so. I encourage you to actually dig in. Because the thing about it is, it's not Greg's talking about it. It's about the fact that it's the Word of God. It's the fact that you having that individual relationship with God 
because that individual relationship with God, I can't be there when the phone call that I so much don't want you to get comes in. I cannot be there when certain things will pop up. I can't be there when disaster hits, but God can. And God can walk you through. And if you don't think I don't worry about you, I do. And if you don't think I don't pray about you, I do. Let's pray. Lord God, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for the people who are here. I want to thank you for the people who are listening to this, that are listening now or listening into the future. And Lord God, I pray that you may be with them. I pray, Lord God, that you may that you may touch, that you may be with, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that as we walk out, I pray, Lord God, that you may touch us and be with us, protect us. I pray, Lord God, that you may bring us back here safely. I pray that we may have, that we may deepen our relationship with you and allow your word to walk us through. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and taking the time. I hope that you enjoyed this series. If you would like to follow this podcast as well as other podcasts, you may go to agjordanmt.com. I hope you have a wonderful day.